0: Okay,
2: hey, we're here on Conspiranormal, and uh, this is your host Adam Sane, and it's a little different tonight, actually a lot different. Luke is not here, he has gotten himself yet another job, uh, where he has to be there at uh, about nine o'clock, uh, being a night watchman somewhere. So I, in um, <clears throat> this interview, was uh, coming on kind of late, so uh, he's he not, was not able to make it tonight. But I have online, uh, you know, a guest, uh, Tim Kilkenny. Uh, he can kind of fill in and be kind of the the host for the, the co-host for the night as well. Um, and uh, he is the host of a, a great, radio, great uh, podcast radio show called Revelations Radio News, which is on the Revolution, Revelations Radio Network. And uh, Tim is uh, really one of those guys that gets in there, digs deep, uh, him and his host, Andrew, uh, Hoffman, who was on this show back last year in September, and I believe that's like episode eleven or twelve, something like that. This is going to be episode thirty, so it's been it's been a while since we've had Andrew on, but I uh, just wanted to welcome Tim to the show.
3: Thank you, thank you for that uh, welcome. I guess uh, in that, yeah, The the kind words. I guess we try to look deep. Sometimes it feels like we're just. Uh, Two guys joking about the current yep. news stories and putting it out.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I do. I enjoy the show, and you know, I enjoy the kind of like rapport that you and Andrew have, and I enjoy the sass and the, the sarcasm. <laughs> and uh, Andrew usually inserting uh, and yourself usually inserting things into articles that. <laughs> 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 um, and I just wanted to ask you Kind of starting off Tim uh, You know tell us about Revelations Radio News You know tell us about what kind of Inspired you to do that project You know how did it all come together For you and Andrew
3: Well I have to take the credit I am the uh, the originator Of the uh, awesome Name Revelations Radio News Which is really really yeah. creative Considering it was meant to be on the Revelations Radio Network But um yeah no we just put it on there as a news thing um you know i think that the revelations radio network played a big role in both andrew and my uh lives in many different ways kind of waking us up to not only uh you know conspiracy and you know government sort of things and whatnot and uh kind of the spiritual side of things as well and uh you know andrew was a well, anyway, you've, you've already talked to Andrew. I was, um, I was just kind of asleep at the wheel, I guess. You know, kind of like, was they, as they say, when did you wake up? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I watched, I think it was Freedom to Fascism or something like that, followed by The Money Masters, and then just kind of started to realize that the world maybe wasn't what I thought. And uh, during that search, ran into uh, Frank Lordy and uh, Chris White, and uh, was kind of really influenced by the Revelations Radio Network. So, um, yeah, yeah, that kind of woke me up. And after a few years of, um, you know, digesting and consuming the uh, media, I just suddenly got an idea, you know, hey, maybe I should start uh, producing some. And I did a different show, whole, totally different kind of show, called The Tim and Mike Show that was way more kind of spiritually based, and it was... Uh, just kind of about like average Christian walk. Not a lot yeah. of conspiracy, but just a little bit of uh, prayer. Just talking about you know your average day and being in the world. Almost like a. It was almost like church for conspiracy minded, but <laughs> sure. wasn't necessarily. We always cover conspiracy, you know. So yeah, it was. It's definitely a, a, a weird or not weird. It's definitely just a, a, a unique show. If I had to classify it, um, I wouldn't be able to. It's it it was it was interesting, and uh, that went on for. About a year and a half, 60 episodes, something like that. And uh, in the middle of that, uh, I just kind of got the idea. You know, I had already been doing this, that podcast. But that one was kind of leaning more towards the spiritual side, prayer, uh, daily walk and stuff. And I just felt like uh, I had some stuff to say about what was going on in the news, you know, as far as the conspiracies. And, you know, there's no shortage of people who call themselves conspiracy theorists out there and put out... Uh, uh, what is it? They basically just uh, scare people. You know, it's like, oh my god. gosh, this is you know, <laughs> the, oh my god, it's time to panic. You know, this is <laughs> buy and, some seeds. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Right. There's no shortage of that sort of stuff on YouTube and, and on the podcasts where it's just all fear, fear, fear. And I, I wanted to take a more analytical view of it, and so naturally, I had met Andrew Hoffman at the uh, Last Days conference and a couple other times. I mean, he lives up here in the Northwest and whatnot. Um, I'm I'm out of Seattle, just north of Seattle. And he's over there, across the mountains in Eastern Washington. But um, you know, I just I thought, well, he's he's super analytical, and I just you know dropped him a line. Hey, here's what I'm thinking about doing. Would you be interested in doing it? I think it might be better to to go at it you know just a little bit you know from with uh, with two different people that way we can have the the uh, dialogue back and forth and whatnot and, and he was like yeah i really want to and i was shocked by that i was like oh i thought he'd be too busy and stuff but he had been you know uh putting off writing a book and and just wasn't getting his stuff out there either so we just decided to kind of team up and do it and revelations radio news is definitely an exercise in growth in podcasting, <laughs> because when it started, it was, uh, I didn't know anything about audio editing, you know, the first show, Tim and Mike's show, was live, so it was just yeah. kind of recorded on talk shoe and that was it, and this one, uh, it's definitely, if you want, if you go back and listen to, like, the very first episode, uh, you know, I'm sure that there's, you know, horrible buzzing noises, and hey, maybe even last week's episode has horrible buzzing noises and bad audio, but... You know, I'm I'm trying to move it along. I feel like uh, it's moving in a good direction, and it's reaching new people. I guess it's 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 kind of growing, uh, but it's still it's more has a really uh, loyal following than uh, super popular. So that's something that we definitely keep in mind. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just just kind of an analytical view of the conspiracies without all the fear and with from a Christian perspective. You, we're not trying to fill the shoes of you know there's a lot of these tor- sort of shows out there or was for instance Future Quake probably you know each of our favorite yeah. uh, Chris Chris White used to kind of do a lot of the same stuff uh, Frank Lordy you know we're not trying to fill any of those shoes uh, but we're just trying to kind of forge our own way and and, uh, and make our own kind of yeah make our own kind of view or direction.
2: Future Quake is kind of our common origin Tim
3: yeah i've
2: structured a lot like the 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 way my show is structured uh i actually just lifted straight from future quake so
3: (laughs) well you and me both brother because that show um yeah i can't say enough about that show and i've gone on about it uh but you know not here so i'll do it again (laughs) but that's i mean that show that had everything I mean it had everything from a from a Christian perspective it had conspiracies. it had spiritual it had dissenting opinions it had I mean it had everything and um I just I really enjoyed it I think it was a great gift while we had it and uh really respect Dr. Futures you know that's a that's a another exercise in podcast growth that's kind of amazing from start to finish you know Yeah we absolutely just, in the early episodes you know I've put out better episodes and so <laughs> but the early ones. But uh, but at the end, it's like, I mean, they're just amazing. They're, I mean, he's, yeah. they, they had it down to a science. The, the, the uh, rapport back and forth was hilarious. The guests were uh, wide-ranging and, and all knowledgeable. Uh, Dr. Future, to this day, I don't think I've found, you know, Derek Gilbert's a pretty good interviewer as well, but I think uh, to this day, Doctor Future is one of the best interviewers I can I know of. It, numerous times when he was interviewing people, he would say, "You know, what about this?" And they would be like, "You know, I never thought of that, but that's interesting." It's <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, he uh,
2: definitely has a very analytical mind. He was actually, he was actually the first guest on this show. Perfect. I talked him into being the guest, and he's come on your show quite a lot, I think, and actually recently. Um,
3: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to that first show you guys did with him, and I, yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoyed that uh, quite immensely. And yeah, you know, uh, our shows with him are very off-the-cuff, not his traditional Future Quake show, because we kind of keep it relaxed a little more than he did. He had to, But, you know, I, I learned so much of my professionalism from him, you know, yeah. how to uh, send, you know, interview questions to bigger guests beforehand, and how to, you know, I just learned a lot from him, so, yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Um. You know, and two, I know what you're saying about the, you know, kind of learning as you go, um, you know, as uh, doing this podcast, you know, I I used to have someone else edit it, and then I kind of had to just take that over, and it's actually Dr. Feature that showed me how to do that, and, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's all been kind of intuitive, trying to, you know, just kind of figure things out here and there, and, 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 and working with it, so I know what you mean as far as all that goes, it's kind of like a development.
3: For sure, for sure Autodidacticism is a word yeah. that James Corbett <laughs> pointed out it's Teaching yourself how to do things And uh, that's my favorite way to learn, actually
2: I kind of like to talk, uh, Tim About kind of like your your own kind of personal spiritual path And kind of how that's reflected on some of your ideas About, you know, the conspiracy theories That are going on in the world mm-hmm. um, Such as, like, you used to be um, You used to be, in the I believe, in the Navy
3: Yes I did i was in the navy from when was that 99 uh till about 2005 i think it was 2004 2005 so.
2: all the way through 9-11 and into the iraq war and
3: yeah very interesting perspective uh yeah i mean just a just a very interesting uh path there um yeah yeah um yeah I was just going to say, like, so so much stuff changed just in that short amount of time. Like, just, a, just an off-the-cuff example. When I joined the military uh, and was stationed up here in Washington, that's how I got up here. I'm originally from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would go on base, and sometimes there would be a guard at the gate, and you'd have to show your ID. But other times there wouldn't, yeah. and you could just walk right in. Hmm. Yeah, and by the time I left, there was, like, enormous barricade with armed guards. And it was just, anyway, it was just... Uh, a very interesting time to be in the military.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, um, and it kind of like, um, would you say that 9-11 kind of changed, like looking into kind of like the, the the events of September 11th? Did you think that kind of changed some of your attitudes about, about all that?
3: You know, I don't... Let me think about that. I don't think it did, because I was as asleep as anyone else, I think, at that point. Um, I mean, I was asleep enough to join in the first place. Um, but... Yeah. You know, I joined, and it wasn't necessarily like, oh, i got to go fight for my country. It was kind of just, you know, I'm not sure what to do next. <laughs> need some money for college. You know, this yeah. seems like a decent route. It's respectable. I can at least put off, you know, deciding what my career is going to be, and then kind of joined up. And then, uh, you know, when 9-11 happened, um, I was on a base up here in Everett, or in uh, in Washington here in Bremerton, in the shipyards and we watched it all unfold on television and um you know i i, I was i bought it you know i, I pretty much just bought it and, and me uh, too yeah and just you know hook line and sinker that was what really you know happened and uh yeah was uh i don't know trauma-based mind controlled through the whole traumatic event uh, it's kind of <laughs> kind of conspiratorial, but I think that they're, they've perfected. You know, I think uh, the media has perfected how to inflict trauma on the viewer. Sure, and, you know they did a heck of a job there because I mean it's it becomes months before even the most awake of us woke up. So um, anyway, yeah, so that that all happened, and you know it was like, what are we going to do? You know, we're in the military. What are we going to do? And it's like we got to go get those guys. You know, we're going to go get them, and it was it was. Uh, Kinda of scary looking back because it wasn't necessarily directed at anybody, just like we gotta do something you know, and uh yeah, so that's kinda of where I was at that after the, the whole nine eleven deal.
2: Yeah, and you weren't one of the guys that kinda of joined the military. You were already in it, you know. And I think it just made it even more that you were even more gung ho after that. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'll I tell agree. you,
2: I, I had always kind of been with you know conspiracy theories and knowing that you know things like the JFK stuff and all that, and it, knowing that you know there is always some kind of evil element within the United States government or you know in the world. Uh, it, and in 2001 was before I would become you know a Christian, and so I didn't have the kind of the same worldview that I have now. Uh, but you know I, I bought it you know I thought there were some weird things involved like you know possibly the shot down the the, the, the flight 93. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't think you know I just thought you know I just took it straightforward forward and it wasn't until about say 2006 that I started looking into it and thinking, you know hey there's something wrong here with this whole thing, you know And For so sure. I, I, I began to, to really look back on that and say, you know hey, this is just like the Kennedy stuff. this is just like anything else. You know, there's really nothing different, you know, especially as, like, you know, the, the war with Iraq uh, seemed to kind of go south, too, you know.
3: Um, yeah.
2: How yeah. is your, like, you know, your, your your faith, you know, as a Christian, you know, how's that, uh, when you look at kind of, like, these conspiracy theories and these things that have that have happened, these kind of evil things, I mean, h- how has that influenced, like, your viewpoint on those?
3: You know, um, it led me back, if that makes any sense. Um, I was yeah. raised in a, a pretty uh, Christian area. In Oklahoma, it's a revolutionary act to say that you're not a Christian. Sure. <laughs> so that makes you the weirdo. Yeah, I'm I not saying, I'm not, what's that?
2: I can understand, yeah.
3: Yeah, and, and I'm not saying everyone is, but you at least say it. <laughs> you know, you at least say that you're a Christian. So, uh, But anyway, so I kind of... Drifted away from that and, and wanted to, you know, kind of forge my own path and, you know, join the military, did all this stuff. So um, when I got out and, you know, it was, I think I was about a year or so later than you, maybe to, I think it was late 2007, somewhere in 2007 area, uh mm-hmm. watched Freedom to Fascism and then Money Masters, like I said, and started to kind of wake up to uh, the uh, the idea of, of this, uh, you know, conspiracy of money and all this other stuff and what it did was it actually led me back to Christ and it, I wouldn't recommend this road to anybody but I know it, <laughs> it definitely worked f- you know, for me um, but I found myself um, pretty much hmm, just looking at some of the darkest, darkest conspiracies Yeah, um, talking about satanic ritual abuse uh, Trauma-Based Mind Control um, uh, sacrif- you know, Bohemian Grove Sacrifices, stuff like that And, you know, because I kept Digging, and the more and more I dug, the more and more It made sense, you know, and, you know It starts off like, oh, income tax is not <laughs> You know, uh, legal And we shouldn't be paying it, and this is all kind of A big scam, and then all of a sudden it's like You know, you're looking at Bohemian Grove And, uh, you know <laughs> uh, The Franklin Scandal yeah, the Franklin cover-up. Yeah, yeah, the Franklin cover-up is one of the formative ones for me, for sure. I started to try and get to the bottom of that, and it's like, it's 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 filthy. I mean, it's hard to even repeat. What, you know, what, what happens in the, in a cover-up in a situation like that, and you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, I think that uh, I started to kind of have a dissociation like dissociation or a confusion about people can't be this evil, right? I mean, this is really, really evil. Uh, how can this possibly be? And I think at that point, it, it is actually very dangerous to kind of... or not dangerous, but at least uh, very possible to believe, uh, you're going to laugh, but David Ike's version of reality. Yeah. Because... The actions that these people take, uh, you know, with, you know, satanic ritual abuse, uh, abusing children, you know, I actually just came out that the Jimmy Savile, over 350 more uh, people have come forward or women have come forward in the, the U.K. saying that this pop star who died last year at 84, you know, had molested them at the BBC. Yeah, it's uh, amazing,
2: isn't it? This is, yeah. It's absolutely amazing.
3: Yeah, right, 350 and, more in a year at a very, very public institution.
2: And it hardly gets any press here in the United States.
3: Exactly. And so that's, I mean, that is evil. I mean, that is yeah. really, really evil. It's hard to comprehend how evil that is. And I was struggling with that. That sort of thing, and and like I said, that's where David Icke almost makes some sense, you know it it does kind of make some sense out of the situation, like, they're not even human they're just like some sort of lizard people or something (laughs) like that and of course, it's ridiculous, I mean it's absolutely ridiculous, but it's easier to believe than people are that bad and so I thought, you know, I I, I never went down the David Icke road, but like I said, I have a little sympathy for him, because I could see how you'd go that way, but I really dug down to the point where I was disturbed I mean, I think I looked at too much Of this stuff, and I was very, very disturbed by it. And I started to kind of realize, well, you know, if there's these huge, you know, elite families at the top, you know, the word Illuminati is absolutely overused these days. But if there are, but if there are a certain group, because the further I dug into it, the more it tied back to these same group of families, Um, and then some rituals, and they're getting direct orders from some something on the spiritual side. And that's when my childhood a little kicked in, you know, uh, and not the fake, you know, I'm a Christian, of course, you know, the kind of fake Disney-fied Christianity where you just say it and do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, but the real Christianity kind of kicked in, my knowledge of the Bible that I had learned as a child uh, in, in, in church. Yeah, something from the other side is uh, communicating with these people. And it does hate humanity that much and these people are serving it. And that makes total sense. Like that that actually makes a whole bunch of sense. And then so by the time I started to kind of process that I realized very quickly, I was like, Well, you know, it's you know, it's it's a very short time before I'm gonna become a Christian then because this, you know, this all makes way too much sense. I had to go and actually see the dark side and that it was actually very real. You know, and I think that that is a big, uh, what's the word? Um, Missing piece of the the modern day church, at least in the U.S., in that they don't often talk about spiritual things. You know, Mm -hmm. and they don't often talk about that the devil. You know, he roams the earth, seeking whom he may devour. That there is a a conspiracy, worldwide conspiracy. You know, to uh, to deny Christ and uh, to to bring people to the lowest you know point that they can uh, by by entities that absolutely hate humanity like a, a bad taste in their mouth. And once I started to see conspiracy and see all of these uh, these these different conspiracies throughout uh, different aspects of life, from government to news to uh, you know these families to the banking elite to all this stuff and then they, to find out you know they're doing these rituals to communicating with another uh spirit or communicate the spiritual realm it's like oh yeah that, okay i get it that makes sense you know and and i just kind of never turned back from there and uh slowly kind of turned turned to christ for the answer and uh i didn't have you know a lot of people have a conversion experience where the you know they'll just say a prayer or whatever and it'll be a real turning point mine was kind of a gradual coming back to it yeah. and, and uh but it was it was a different way. It was through the, uh, almost like a, an, an analytical trip through the conspiracy realm, if I can say that.
2: I have to say you know, it was kind of the same way for me as far as like my, you know, me becoming a Christian was, it was a gradual thing. You know, I just gradually had to, you know, uh, kind of figure things out for myself. Um, and it's interesting that you bring up David Icke in that because he's kind of him and a few other people you know our common friend uh chris white you know talks about how those guys are kind of just kind of another system of control Mm -hmm. because they will say stuff about you know hey there's the illuminati and they're doing these rituals and they're abusing children and 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 like you said you know they're all uh, david ike talks about the reptilians and all this and and um (coughs) But at the same time, then he'll say something like Well, you know, I'm God And hey, you guys are God And, you know, just kind of bringing this kind of old Gnosticism into the mix So it's just another form It's like, it, that's kind of a trap in and of itself Of kind of playing to the Kind of conspiracy theory crowd You know
3: Yeah, I mean, you know They say it all, you know, it's kind of an overused metaphor But yeah. rap poison's 98% good <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like
2: the Ancient Aliens kind of crowd, you know. Exactly. Uh, Um, I wanted to ask you, too, Tim, about, you know, kind of, um, you know, we kind of covered this a little bit, but, you know, kind of like your views on the paranormal, because that's one of the things that we talk about on this show. Uh, We'll talk about ghosts and we'll talk about, you know, alien abductions and all kind of weird stuff. And, uh, you know, what's kind of your, like, you know, viewpoint on all that? Um, no, I'm probably put you on the spot. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, it's, it's fun to kind of think about this stuff. Yeah. I, I don't put it into words often, but I, I believe it's a lot more prevalent than we give, you know, credit cred, cred, or credence to. Yeah. Um, our show focuses on, the, you know, the news, and it's a lot more uh, literal but and we what definitely you would say
2: is politics, really, and, 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 and kind of the politics of the hidden, you know.
3: Exactly, and yeah. I think sometimes I, I feel the need to kind of bring more of the uh, paranormal stuff into it because it, you know, it's very real. You know, people like uh, people don't just abuse children because it's fun or, or something like this. Like they. They do that sort of thing because they actually get power from other entities by doing it. It's a deal that you sign on for. You go do this horrible thing, and you can get power. And I think that uh, that's the sort of thing that you know these people, you know, the the, the elite or whatever, are into. Um, I think as far as day to day life, uh, the paranormal is very real, and I think that we're in in an interesting time because of the. Uh Hmm. the kind of the, the modernism or almost postmodernism of our outlook on spiritual things where yeah. if you you know you'd look back at like the dark ages or whatever like know, what is it the 9 to the 1200s or something like that but if you took a villager you know some small you know you know uh, common member of society in the UK for instance or in England and brought them and showed them life here and showed them like a movie you know or like a music video or whatever hmm. they would immediately point out that's evil, <laughs> because they knew, right? Because they knew that these symbols were bad. You know that these yeah. things were bad. That 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 you're conjuring up uh, spirits. You know with uh, with your uh, your uh, uh, shirt or whatever. You know it's got all these like you know different signs on it or whatever. They knew that. You know they knew. Uh, they you know whether they believed in you know jinn's in the uh, in the far east or if they believed in you know little uh trolls or whatever you know these are different words for demons and today just saying the word demon which is the modern day version of those things uh you know puts some sort of a label on you well you're not a, you know a realist and i think we're at just such a dangerous time where not only are christians like i was saying ignoring that there's a spiritual side to these things uh but also atheists and if it's not if it can't be proven you know the religion of science right uh you know it it, evolution and, and all these things It doesn't account for, for our soul It doesn't account for spirituality It doesn't account mm-hmm. for angels or demons Which are no. very real in, uh, Evident uh, in our world You know in, in so many different ways
2: You know the the prevalence uh, One of the things that's interesting Is the prevalence of kind of like the ghost shows You know mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've watched that stuff You know I've I've, I've, been, I've watched it until I'm just about sick of it Mm-hmm. And it, it seems to be a big thing that's, like, really prevalent in our society right now. It's kind of that need for, um, you know, something something spiritual. Um,
3: Any, anything that's spiritual, it doesn't have to do with the Bible. Yeah. Anything no, is on the too. table. <laughs> right.
2: If it's, if it's the Bible, it's a complete... <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, no, don't go there. No. You know? But, I mean, you are right when you say that... Uh, you know, there is in, in the churches too. You go in there, and there's no real emphasis on anything um, supernatural. You know, sure. all the kind of supernatural things have been taken out, and I think that's one of the one of the problems uh, with the, the at least the church here in America.
3: Sure. You know, Russ Dizdar talks about you know you, you go in and you say you got these issues uh, to a pastor these days, and he'll send you to a mental health. A professional and i'm yeah. not saying that mental health professionals are never needed but we should at least check out some other avenues real quick and rebuke some some demons <laughs> yeah because you know looking through the bible quite often mentally disturbed people needed demons cast out of them uh hmm. you know and that's something you just don't hear anymore i can't tell you the last time i heard a pastor even mention that you know such and such person was really down the depths and was dealing with depression And then we cast a demon (laughs) out of them or prayed for them and and rebukes any spirit that may be oppressing them, and then they felt better. But I can tell you that that's happened in my own life, in people close to me's life. You know, I start feeling oppression. Shoot, it happened to me last week. You know, start feeling some oppression, start feeling uh, hopeless, um, just stressed out, you know. Just kind of lost in my own self, like oh, I gotta detach myself from the people around me and really think this out, or you know, you know, I, it's weird how your brain works or whatever. But you know, trying to make up for what's going on in the spiritual realm, and you know, then I was like, you know, and I talked to a buddy, and he was like going through the same thing, and I'm like, man, you know what? I, you know, we we should check this out. You know, if we rebuke a demon and it's not there, then you know, we. What do we waste like five minutes? You know, <laughs> but if, if we do and it's and it gets better, then we know. Hey, you know, we were under you know, and we did that. We prayed together, and we we rebuked the the, uh, the demon that seemed to be bothering each of us, and we felt better almost immediately. Yeah, and and not feel better like oh, you know, it's a it's a like a, a weird you know indescribable feeling or anything like that it's 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 a presence of the holy spirit kind of came back and hey you know everything's gonna be all right and and that uh the uh, reassurance i guess kind of came back so i think that that sort of stuff is kind of ignored a little bit these days and we need to to kind of focus more on it because you know what the atheists are <laughs> yeah. the, cons- the conspiracy uh conspiracy minded people are you know the uh, the average person is well, i believe in i won't ever believe in the bible but you know i believe in ghosts or i believe in uh, in any of these things that you're talking about right
2: yeah i totally believe in aliens and you know that that was one thing for me tim uh, back you know when i when as i came into being a christian you know i started believing in all this weird kind of stuff you know i would believe in hey you know there's aliens and and there's all kinds of there's there's bases on mars or whatever you know stupid stuff mhm and 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 I started thinking to myself, you know, I believe in all this, but I don't believe that a guy could uh, be killed and then, yeah. ten days later, rise from the grave.
3: Yeah.
2: Like, yeah. you know, there's it seemed to me there was a little bit of a cognitive dissonance for me. And that's kind of what started the ball rolling. I think it took four years to really kind of come to a real fruition. But, you know, eventually I did. And, yeah. and I kind of wanted to address something, too, you know, and kind of leading into kind of more of a political um, Avenue you know one of the things you guys talk about and this was uh, prevalent on uh, future quake too and, and it's on your show it a lot about kind of like there's there's criticism of kind of the the mainstream uh, evangelical church in America you know and uh you know what do you see some of those problems being you know that the kind of like that uh, we will we, we taught we kind of Covered one where we talked about kind of the the spirit, the spiritual stuff being kind of ignored, and I think there's another big problem, which I think is that kind of the support for, well, for basically war. You know, what do you see some of those those problems as being?
3: Well, I had to, uh, I had an interesting, how do I, hmm, I'll talk about my friend. I had a friend that kind of came to Christ uh, a few years ago, and um, he did that one of the main ways that he was able to do that was because he was able to kind of address the fact that all that he had seen uh, previously as being Christian, quote-unquote, you know, like voting Republican and, uh, you know, being pro-George Bush and (laughs) pro-war in Iraq and all those things. um, In different conversations with him, I, and maybe, you know, probably not probably, definitely, the Holy Spirit were able to separate those things that don't have anything to do with Christianity from Christ himself. And then he was able to say, okay, I can accept this, and he kind of became a Christian. And I think that the uh, mainstream Christian society uh, in our country has co-signed itself onto the stars and stripes uh, in a way that is more detrimental to the gospel than um, almost anything else I can think of, and I—I I, I know that may sound like an extreme statement, but uh, in our age group, I'm talking—I mean, I'm thirty. How old am I? Thirty-one, thirty-two. Um, <laughs> you know, anybody under there, uh, and probably right around there, and um, it's going to say that it's, it has that view. You know, has that view that Christians are are these pro-war. Pro-state, pro-gay bashing, and and, yeah. and it just it just uh, it's disgusting. It's disgusting, and it's what turned me off to Christianity as as a as a, an adolescent, where I just said, you know, I've had enough of the whole mess. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was able to, in my own head, separate uh, that and that caricature of Christianity from. Um, from Christ himself, you know, that I was able to uh, to really move forward um, and, and kind of turn to him. You know, and, and I think that that's been shown in a few documentaries, a couple I can think of offhand, but just like uh, one of them I think is Lord Save Us From Your Followers, and a couple that are like that, where they're kind of aimed at the uh, non-Christian or Christian, and it just talks about how if you, if one of the uh, thing, things that they did in that uh, documentary that was really uh, enlightening was they would interview people on the street and like zero out of a hundred people said that they didn't like jesus no one says that they don't like jesus you know and at least the historical character or whatever they you know however they view the person of jesus whether he's in their mind fantasy or or whatever no one says they don't like jesus but you know tons of people don't like christians Hmm, and and i think if people if christians are really trying to be like jesus then then that wouldn't be necessarily the case. Now, I'm not saying all Christians are going to be loved. I mean, Jesus said as much that, you know, he wasn't loved, and, of course, you know, his followers wouldn't be. But I think that the uh, the mainstream evangelical church has signed itself on to the Stars and Stripes in a patriotic sense that's absolutely despicable and disgusting, and I, I can't stand it. And uh, that's, I guess, what our show is, uh, I hope, is a testament to i think uh andrew said it a few episodes back you know that we're just kind of a a show that says hey not everybody fell for it we're not all you know pro-war pro-state pro pro, uh whatever this whatever this monstrosity is um yeah yeah i'm not sure what else to say there
2: i think you hear it a lot i mean i think we've you've, you've seen the um something that i found uh that was this cartoon series that Mike Huckabee is endorsing, <laughs> 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 and it, it's even to the point. I mean, that's just kind of a silly thing, but it's to the point where like history just gets rewritten to say, you know, all of our great leaders have all been Christians, and you know, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and John Adams. When there's a lot of proof to say that those guys probably really wanted what you would consider at least a mainstream Christian. And so, just kind of this rewrite of history that's being done. Um, yeah,
3: by charlatans like David yeah, Bart, you know. Right. People who are just out to uh, pad their own pocketbook. Guys like Glenn Beck, yeah. you know, who are making, what is he his new deal that he got for his network's like like $100 million a year. He's out there talking about, oh, we got to get back to God, and we got to get our country's in for, I mean, he's, yeah, so, anyway.
2: Uh, we got to get that heathen Obama out of the White House. Yeah, the, the, closet,
3: <laughs> the closet Muslim. And the, and the intellect. You know, we've lost it, the ability to be intellectual, or not the ability, or I don't know. We've, uh, we don't, we... Ah, mainstream Christianity in America has got a lot of problems. Um, yeah. and, and one of them is, we don't exercise, you know, I think William Lake Craig is a great example of somebody who's taking on the intellectual world you know, with Christianity, Chris White is another great example. He's trying to take on an intellectual view, you know, of Christianity. But, you know, a lot of the, uh, the rest of Christianity, at least in the U.S., has uh, kind of signed on to, you know, confusing what faith and, uh, and, uh, and logical thinking are. And that, yeah. yes, we believe in Christ, that he's going to save us through faith. You know, we have faith in that. Uh, but it's not like blind faith. There's a lot of evidence to support the Bible and in, in what's in it. And I think that, you know, we so oftentimes as a group anyway, um, you know, and maybe I shouldn't bash it so much. I mean, I'm part of it. So I need to try and do the best that I can to kind of spread salt and light in my area. But, um, yeah, we just kind of look at the... Uh, it gets lost in faith, in that instead of thinking through logically, what is patriotism? What is going over to another country and bombing the heck out of them? What does a drone strike really mean? What does double tap actually mean? What does you know, a hundred people in Guantanamo Bay who are on you know uh, food, hunger strike right now, who have been found to be not guilty, still there? What do those things mean? And why aren't you know, why don't we care? Why are we just waving the flag and you know talking about rah rah rah? You know, it's it's in a way, it's not only just Christianity in it, mainstream, but it's just American public as a whole, yeah. you know. And it's it's just kind of been the line has been blurred where it's like you know Memorial Day. What's Memorial Day? Well, it's supposed to be a celebration of the dead people who have died in war previously, but now it's like wave your flag even higher and support your troops, whatever that means.
2: Yeah, another. Uh, no, uh, I think that's a good, I think that's a good segue into something that you've been talking about is uh, Thomas Young. Yeah. Um, the wounded soldier that uh, I don't know the, the updates on him actually and what has happened but uh, you kind of go over that I mean I think he's someone that is indicative of someone that uh, uh, you know here's this guy he's pretty much about to die and he's completely just um, disgusted with Christianity because of what he sees is the connection to you know George W. Bush and going to war and, and I think he's a, he's a perfect case of just how, you know, someone can become completely disgusted or, you know, with it.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and for those that don't know, Thomas Young is a, a, a veteran of the Iraq war. He joined just after September 11th. You know, those people attacked us. I'm going to go fight for my country. Yeah. He is immediately, or not immediately, but shortly thereafter sent to Iraq. He didn't want to go to Iraq. He knew he wasn't going to go to. Uh, uh, he didn't want to go to Iraq. He knew he wasn't going to go, go to Afghanistan, but he didn't want to go to Iraq. But he did in order to serve his country. And uh, unfortunately, I think it was. Gosh, it's such a short time. I want to say a week, maybe a month into his his you know time in Iraq, he gets hit with uh, his his Humvee or Hummer got hit with a uh, a missile strike or some sort of car bombing or something like this. And he ends up paralyzed. So he comes home and gets in touch with a few anti-war people. Joins Iraq Veterans Against the War, which I'm also a member of, or whatever. And uh, you know, gets in touch. A few people get in touch with him. Maybe Phil Donahue, uh, and then they go and make this this movie called Body of War. And it just talks about the negative effects of the Iraq War and uh, how he is coping with life being paralyzed. And uh, I haven't actually got a chance to view the movie. But uh, uh, then from there, uh, things kind of take a turn for the worse. You know, they start to, they start to really get bad for him. He had, uh, I think, a, a stroke sometime last summer and, and has really just started to lose a lot of his motor functions and whatnot uh, that, that he had. Now, as I understand it, he was paralyzed from the legs down but now he's starting to kind of lose even the function of his uh, upper torso. Right. And it's just degenerated, he, really. Yeah, it's yeah. been absolutely degenerative and, and sad to watch. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, I didn't know. <laughs> it's sad to watch because I went back and found his earlier stuff and looked through, but I didn't learn about Thomas Young until just recently when he yeah. decided to write an open letter to President uh, or former President George Bush and Dick Cheney, calling him out for being war criminals and... Uh, Talking about the Iraq War, um, he did this on Democracy Now at the same time that he announced that he was going to take himself off of uh, nourishment because he has to get food through a tube, feeding tube, and he was going to take himself off nourishment towards the end of May, beginning of June. Now here we are. I, yeah. uh, I do have some updates on him. Um, I, you know. So anyway, I, I get, I learn about this because I actually we actually have a listener to Revelations Radio Network or Revelations Radio News who is a paralyzed Iraq war vet. <laughs> and, you know, praise God, he, you know, reaches out to Thomas in a, in a video format and then, hey, sent, sends me this uh, message. Hey, I just did this. If you get a chance, please pray for this guy. And I'm like, you know, moved, so moved by this whole thing that I'm, I'm like, wow, i got to put out a podcast about this and try and spread some sort of awareness because I don't see anybody talking about it. And I began to get upset uh, with the lack of coverage that Thomas has had by the, the mainstream evangelical movement. You know, the flag wavers, the ones who were pro-war, were not really, you know, uh, holding holding a, a hard light up to, uh, to the repercussions and, and fallout from the wars that were we're serving, or the wars that we're perpetuating around the world, and I don't just blame Christians. I think this is the American people as a whole. We've been lulled to sleep by the media.
2: Yes, we uh, have. Yeah.
3: But no one, not Christian or otherwise, is making a huge deal, other than Democracy Now, about Thomas Young. You know, uh, on a day like Memorial Day, I think that we should remember Thomas Young. On a day, you know, so many days where I think that 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 uh, you know. He should be an issue that, that he should be talked about. That the, that the fallout from what's going on should be uh, discussed in open forums. But you know, it's it's it, we're called to do as much, you know, as Christians. You know, not only is the American public will to sleep, but why it's so much harder for me to, as a Christian to look around uh, at the other Christians around me. We're held to a higher uh, to a higher standard by jesus's words himself you know look after the least of these look you know visit the sick feed the homeless you know do these things um but we're ignoring the repercussions that our own you know and i won't say we have caused because i think our tyrannical government is out of control and doing whatever it wants anyway but we're ignoring the repercussions from uh the actions of our country or our government overseas and it's it's despicable it's disgusting and uh you know, I think Thomas Young is a, a perfect example of of that. You know, and if uh, you could bear with me for just a second, I was going to read an update here. Sure. Uh, just one sec here.
2: Yeah, because I was wondering what was going on with him, because I realized it is, you know, May has passed. It's June 2nd as we record this, so.
3: Yes, yes. And uh, I don't know uh, what has happened to him. There it is. Uh... I, he, as far as I know, he hasn't gone off of the medi- of his uh, nourishment yet. Uh, one thing our show was able to do was put out his email. I got in touch with him through uh, Twitter and got his email. And I asked if, you know, hey, uh, can we, uh, I have listeners that, you know, care about your story. Can I get your email so we can uh, send you some emails of encouragement or whatever? And he was very cool about it. He said, sure, and he, he gave it to me. And so I put that on the podcast, and I prayed for him a couple times on the show, and, and encouraged people to uh, to write him and, and let him know that uh, you know that they cared about him uh, because he's kind of been ignored. So that's kind of going on, and uh, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to share too many details that I shouldn't. Uh, but yeah. the, uh, the 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 uh, the gentleman uh, Matt. Who is a listener to our show? Who put out the uh, pod or put out the video in response to him going off a of nourishment? Who is also paralyzed? Uh, Matt has actually got in touch with him and got a response and has started a dialogue about you know things that you know I won't discuss here because I don't have permission. But he has actually uh, made some contact with him. I think a lot of the rest of us have sent emails and really haven't heard anything back. But um, I think that there's an interesting. Uh Little update here. Where is this? Uh,
2: very upset administration. I
3: can't. I'll just have to paraphrase. I can't seem to find it right now. But um, he was. I think he did an interview with the Huffington Post, or somebody uh, reported on what he had said, and he said that you know. He keeps hearing from Muslims that he has to turn to Allah. He keeps hearing from the Christians that he can't commit suicide and he needs to turn to Jesus. And he keeps hearing from uh, the atheists that he has a, a strong, you know, message, so he, you know, can't kill himself or, you know, I don't want to say kill himself, but go off of nourishment. Yeah. Uh, because yes, he he's being told what to do on all fronts, and it's hard for him to even understand or disseminate uh, what people's motives are for this. Because he's being told, I understand where you're coming from, I understand your pain, and you know I don't think a lot of people understand the pain of being a paralyzed war veteran, even though no, they say I they do. I don't
2: think so, except and for maybe the guy that you're that he, is in touch with him. You know, he's he, and he, he can relate very much so.
3: And he is the only one they get through. So yeah. uh, that's, in my opinion, a, a reward a, or a a good good sign at least um, for just a little bit of time I've put into this and trying to just trying to. To, to further uh, the awareness of a guy like Thomas Young and yeah. you know and not to put Thomas Young on like a pedestal or anything I think he's definitely worth talking about but you know how many more Thomas Young's are out there you know he just happens to be someone who has a very strong anti-war stance um, which is why he gets any of the press that he does but what about somebody that doesn't necessarily have an anti-war stance or the uh, you know the the uh, The draw of of a show like Democracy Now, you know, to get on and read an open letter to the president, you know, I feel like that there's a lot of this in our country, a lot of wounded veterans. Uh, Again, you know, less than 30 years, 40 years after the the Vietnam War, and again, we're going to have a bunch of wounded veterans who aren't going to be cared for and are going to be forgotten to the fringes of society, and uh, that's where I feel like we got as Christians got to take up the slack. And hey, I'm talking to myself too. I've said evangelical Christians, uh, you know, several times in the a derogatory sense but you know i need to work on myself in all these ways too and in whatever way i can you know getting out mm-hmm. there meeting the homeless or visiting the sick and in, in uh, visiting people in the hospital and visiting you know people in prison because we are called to something higher so it's easy to point fingers but you know i need to we all need to be doing those things in our own day-to-day life
2: you yeah, know same here um i wanted to ask you tim you know we um one of the things you've talked about on the show and you've talked about this with a couple of different people, one of which is Robert Hodd, who I've had on the show kind of the end of last year. And it's kind of this idea of Christian libertarianism Mm -hmm. or even Christian anarchism in a way. And, uh, you know, just kind of to the best of like how you understand that, you know, what, what, what that to be. I know Andrew probably talks a lot of, a, a lot about it. Um, I can't remember the guy that you had on, the the guy's name, uh, that uh, he was an ex-Mormon, but he Mm -hmm. seemed pretty adamant about not having any kind of, nothing to do with government, nothing to do with anything, you know, anything of the world, really.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting line. I don't know of, you know... I'm not sure I can... I'll, I'll do my best to try to summarize. I think uh, Andrew and uh, Robert Hyde are kind of the libertarian perspective. Yeah. Um, definitely, uh, you know, less... And I am, too. I mean, I'm a libertarian at heart, for sure, and uh, probably a philosophical, at least, anarchist. Um, you know, and they they say the old joke, right? The, you know the difference between a libertarian and an anarchist? What's that? About three years. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think that as Christians, we basically the rubric that we're already given is that hey, the world has fallen, man has fallen. You know, turn to God; God is your answer. Uh, Jesus is your answer. Uh, tell other people about God. Um, live the live according to God. You know, and and listening to Him and praying to Him and staying in, in, in constant contact and and uh, prayer and and whatnot with Him and. That's going to make your life immeasurably better. You know, way better than you know any ten you know ten step plan or or whatever. Uh, it's not only going to make your life immeasurably better, but you're actually going to help other people in major ways. That's going to be way more uh, rewarding than uh, you know if you were to do it some other way or whatever. Uh, so, what that tells me is that in a fallen world that everyone's fallen. And that we're basically just trying to turn to god so um i've kind of been turned on to the idea of anarchism and i I of course thought that that was just uh you know literally the picture in my mind was a guy wearing a ski mask in the street throwing a molotov cocktail yeah
2: that's
3: that's that's anarchism but throwing the trash
2: can through a window
3: exactly but no it it turns out that there are many people who i consider to be you know far beyond my intellectual ability who uh Subscribe to this viewpoint. You know, for instance, like Lou Rockwell, uh, James Corbett, uh, yeah. a couple of people uh, like that. Uh, that, you know, really do. Uh, what's an, what's another one? Is uh, oh shoot, I forgot his name. He was on Future Quake several times. Will Gregg, yeah, you know, Will Gregg. Will Gregg is another bit. Of, you know, he's an anarcho-capitalist. Uh, you know, there are many people who I can consider to be way you know intellectually superior to me who subscribe to this. So I started to kind of look into it at first thinking, oh, of course we need government. This is insane. But the more I kind of looked into it, the more I thought, you know, this actually makes sense in a very Christian way uh, that, you know, the whole world has fallen. So therefore, why do we got people over anybody? <laughs> it's only going to lead to bad situations. Um, and you look back at the uh, Old Testament, and I don't often like to use Israel as an example because I think in this day and age, uh, Christians like to turn to Israel as an example of how America is. At <laughs> least no. the Old Testament Israel, and uh, I think that's absolutely a uh, a false claim. As in that was a once in a once in a ever um, situation where God was literally the head of the nation. So, uh, but at that same time, once the uh, Israelites started calling for a king, you know, what's God's response? Uh. <laughs> You don't really want a king, you know. They're going to take ten percent, and they're going to send your children (laughs) to war, and then they're going to, you know, they're going to take you know some of your. And it's like at this point, it's like, wow, ten percent. We would just love to have that. Yeah, (laughs) really, right? That'd be that'd be amazing. But I mean, so you know, with God at the head of of an individual's life, I'm more of an individualist, I guess. Um, With God at the head of an individual's life, um, you know, I think that's a better better recipe for government and and of course you know that this you know it's definitely not going to happen overnight and and i'm willing to entertain all sides of it and and talk it through i think these sort of things are good are good to talk through but you know i'm kind of i I reserve the right to change my mind in the future and that's just kind of where i am right now i am just absolutely disillusioned with the american system as a whole i won't vote i won't Hmm. i'm just not into i'm not into it i think it's uh I think we give power to the beast with our our, uh, our voting and the way we spend our money and, and all these things. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not sitting up here on my high horse like I'm so much better because I don't vote or whatever because, you know, I still have all the popular electronics and I still do spend my Federal Reserve notes on uh, big corporations' products and stuff. But I just think that the more that we can get away from that and get back to living on an individual level, um, the, the better we'll be.
2: Yeah, you know, um, one of the things when you talk about the uh, the anarchist stuff is that I was going to say, that's probably a common occurrence up there in Seattle where you are. <laughs> Get the Hold guys left. throwing Molotov cocktails. And
3: <laughs> you know, it's it's funny when this, the, you know, I think I talked about this on our show a few weeks back, but every every year, it's like the, everybody lives yeah. in Seattle for the World Trade Organization rides because... It's funny. The first year I was here, nineteen ninety nine, I was here for like a week, and then there was a World Trade Organization riots, and that was the December. big one, I think. Yeah, that was the yeah. huge one. Where like, yeah. yeah, somebody was actually killed, and it was a big deal. But now it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's so ridiculous. And the police state's gone so much further. And mm-hmm. you know, there's people who are, you know, and now anarchists are, they're looked at. You know, half the time they're, uh, they're wearing uh, government issue uh, boots. But anyway,
2: I digress. Yeah, uh, age <laughs> provocateur. It, you know, um, and I was gonna say too that you know I I I, I still vote, but I've just stopped Republican Democrat no sure. more. Sure, sure. And done. I I respect that for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of turning a little bit towards you know kind of current events. You know, before we wrap it up, you know what uh, what's kind of your idea of what the what happened with the Boston bombing thing?
3: Oh man! You know, we actually kind of just talked a little bit about that on the show. I'm about to put out for this last week, but uh, cool. I what aspect?
2: <laughs> there's, uh, there's so many. There's so yeah.
3: many aspects to that, um, and it's become really confusing. It has, and that's the part of the the, uh, the the operation, right? That's part of the plan. We'll put out like 50 different stories, 18 different directions, and then you know, no no one will ever know what goes on except for now.
2: I gotta wonder if Alex Jones wasn't part of it.
3: Oh, you think so? How so? I don't
2: know. I just Maybe just somebody just throwing in some confusion. Because well, he was real quick to, to just jump the gun on the false flag stuff.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I guess that's true. But on the other hand, I'm with them. My default reaction to anything that happens is false flag. Because if you look yeah. throughout history, it's you know it that's what it is the majority of the time you know from what's his name uh, was it Nero who burned Rome right Nero yeah yeah I mean it, he burned it himself and blamed it on the Christians I mean it's you know right. so to have the default reaction I don't blame him for that but I, I think that there are so many different directions with this one number one it's an absolute victory for the police state they shut down Boston <laughs> totally yeah in, in a military style,
2: city. what's that? Pretty good sized city.
3: Pretty good sized city, and then yeah. the, that other you know town that was nearby or whatever, made everyone go inside, and then did house to house raids. I mean, if you were to put just you know s- secret police uh, uniforms on those guys, that was, I mean, it was straight out of World War Two. People looking for Jews. Yeah, it, it really was, and that's not an extreme statement. It's true. That's armed people in military uniforms pulling individuals out of their homes looking for a teenage boy? It's an... It, and, you know, the, the we went with it, we went with it, you know, no, no outrage. Um, so, that, I mean, that's one aspect. Of course, I wonder conf- if that
2: wasn't just a test. Of it, some, it, I of feel like it was. You know? I
3: feel like it was a litmus test of how far along are we. Um, yeah. And it's a, a huge, I think that's a the number one victory on the on the side of the government was we were able to shut down a whole town and uh, go do house-to-house searches something that is was you know would have been inconceivable just 10 to 20 years ago uh, it was for one guy you know anyway um, so from there uh, I think that the, the there was a very interesting thing that we just talked about in our, our recent podcast where um, The uh, website 4chan, which is a hacker website, they also have a subreddit, uh, 4chan or whatever, and they started started aggregating all the pictures from the event. Now, that's one thing that we haven't really thought about, but in this day and age, there's cell phone cameras, there's security cameras. You can almost take an event that a bunch of people are at with phones and put together, you know.
2: Hello? Hey, okay, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Something froze up. Okay, that was what you were saying.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, basically, it just kind of came out that uh, there was military people there. And it ends up being, I think, craft services uh, who were right there at the bombing, you know, which is extremely strange on top of the drills. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a, v- a very sh- interesting part of the subculture now, the conspiracy subculture, which is becoming more and more mainstream, by the way, uh, which thinks that everything is fake all the time. Yeah. So, so now there's fake limbs and fake blood. Hey, I'm not saying it's not true, but I mean, it seems like that's the the new default route as well. The whole thing's fake, and I think that 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 uh, loses credibility with the mainstream when you start yeah. to say, well, it was all you know crisis actors and stuff and, like that.
2: And that adds to the confusion. And the same thing happened with Sandy Hook. Exactly. See, I it. think there's plenty of dirty stuff that was going on with Sandy Hook, but that adds to the confusion when people are saying that the whole thing wasn't real. Right. That's probably not the answer. It probably was a, a setup. Somebody else went in there and killed those kids or he, the guy was mind-controlled. Who knows? But some people were jumping to this extreme that the whole thing was just uh, was just not real at all.
3: Sure. Yeah, and, th- and th- where does that leave us? It's like, then we it discredits us you know the thing about that is it's like we don't even have to make stuff up like it's all not real like there's enough admitted stuff to be mad right (laughs) like there's enough stuff like on record in these people's personal memoirs and they come out in new stories and that have been admitted during interviews and everything else to be plenty mad and when we turn to those things it just kind of discredits the the idea of uh, skepticism and uh you know there's a weird tie-in. I think we talked about, or I didn't talk about it, but it might've played a part of it on our show where Graham Fuller is an ex CIA agent, or he is CIA who had the uncle of the two brothers who said, of course, these guys are you know, guilty. They're, they're a couple of losers. Well, Graham Fuller is a CIA operative and, uh, the uncle at one point called his home, the home that Graham Fuller lived in. He was married to Graham Fuller's daughter. Um, so you know that whole thing has some very deep CIA ties. Graham Fuller is also uh, someone who was uh, closely related to an imam who had like this twenty billion dollar account. Has opened up different radical Islam, uh, you know, mosques all over the world. And it, I don't want to say twenty billion. That's a lot. I think it was a uh, twenty million something like that. But there's a lot of ties in there with. Uh, with the CIA and these two brothers. You know, of course, the one is captured, you know, and, and brought naked through the street and arrested, but then they said, no, that wasn't him, and then they were like, well, then he got run over by his own brother, and then his brother gets, you know, captured, but he's conveniently shot in the throat, so he can't ever talk about what actually happened. And if you go back and watch, like, I went back and looked at the kid's Twitter feed, and it's like the the tweets that he was sending out, he's an amazing intelligence agent if he had actually just committed the bombing and then sent some of the ones out he just sent out like the guy he sent out a tweet you know caught a lot of a lot of people out uh looking for these bombers or whatever out there be safe you know everybody stay care you know be careful be safe Mm -hmm. uh some of his friends uh, we actually just read a story i think last week uh, on our show um one of his friends was killed you know he, he actually it was two years previous but one of his friends was uh uh, talking to the FBI, he was, um, and then basically, he said the FBI was coming over to his house, and he thought they were going to kill him. And he was like, "I have a weird feeling about this." And then the guy ends up dead. Six FBI agents come to the house, and sure enough, he they panicked when one little kid or twenty-something-year-old guy panics, and and uh, they shoot him. And it's just, uh, it's the thing about it <laughs> is that I think that it's part of the game plan is to c- confuse everyone, and the. The deeper issues are the ones that we need to start wrapping our head around. Why is there a CIA agent, uh, you know, harboring the uncle of these terrorists, you know, supposed terrorists? Where does that work out? How is he related to what's going on in Turkey with the Operation Gladio and whatnot? And now there's a whole revolution taking place in Turkey. You know, these are very, very deep, hard to grasp things. But I think that's what we should be reaching for instead of fake blood it's all fake you know, <laughs> you know what I mean it's like we're, we're, it seems like the conspiracy movement is, is co- trying to convince people that hey there's fake blood at this thing instead of looking to the very clear admitted things like that he lived with a CIA agent that the uncle who came out on national television and was the darling of the media for two or three days saying they're losers and of course they did it you know he's a former CIA agent uh, guy and yeah. uh,
2: and that's the guy that pretty much condemned them in the, in the, public in the mind guy. of, but yeah, the public eye. Uh, and, you know, the, the guy that uh, just got killed, you know, the FBI said that he came at him and they shot him six times. Yeah. Uh,
3: six <laughs> men in one room and one young guy does something crazy and they all have, yeah. like, they shot him six times. I mean, any six people can restrain one guy. But that's that's not the way it comes out. They just they did default reaction is to shoot him six times. Something something fishy, of course.
2: See, my, my my kind of working theory on all this is that I think is what happened was is that possibly that these guys were going to be set up by the FBI, uh, just as we know that the FBI has done this yeah so many times before. You know the Christmas the supposed Christmas tree bombing where they got the Somali. Um, uh, you know, kid. That you know the uh, you know you basically know the story that sure. the, they, they basically are the ones supplying the fake components, and they arrest the guy, and then the FBI comes out looking good. And I think that's what they were going to do, uh, and I think somebody messed up in Boston. Uh, possibly that older brother actually maybe could have outsparted them, gotten real components somehow. He could have had some kind of connection with the CIA. Probably because of all the things of the kind of this little proxy war that's going on in the Caucasus, in Dagestan, and mm-hmm. in Chechnya, Georgia—that whole area—which is an area that most Americans couldn't even find on the map if they even tried. Right. And it's just this whole—it's just this whole backdrop of just complete confusion, and we're never going to know the full story. Nobody's ever going to say. nobody's ever going to tell it. Just like yeah. Kennedy, just like 9-11 there's not any of this stuff. You're never going to know.
3: <laughs> yeah. And we'll to back up your story about the, the FBI setting people up, I, it just came out that uh, the guy who did the Fort Hood shooting in Texas, remember that whole deal? Yeah. turns out that uh, he's received $279,000 in, in uh, pay, military pay, since he's been in prison. Wow. He's still getting paid. Kind <laughs> yeah, of weird. Yeah. Isn't he in a coma? I'm not even sure.
2: Uh, <laughs> I think he may be. I, I'm not sure. i have to look it up. But I think he was either paralyzed or he couldn't talk. or you know, And that whole thing was strange, too. I remember watching that unfold on TV. And that, and that this,
3: story was so lame. It's like, what was, it, was uh, that the Iranian guy? No, that was a different a one. Palestinian.
2: Yeah,
3: He's Palestinian. Palestinian.
2: And they said that, uh, I remember saying that, hearing that like they had another gunman cornered. There's always a second guy or a third guy, and they always disappear.
3: That's right. That's right. <laughs> it that happened at
2: Sandy day. Hook too. When the cops went out yep. out back, uh, two two or three policemen running to the back of the school with their with their guns drawn. You could see it on footage from a helicopter. And yep. that guy gets put in a is yelling and screaming to parents, "I didn't do it! I didn't do it!" Gets put in the cop car. Don't hear anything about him. Some of the who was he? nobody knows
3: <laughs> that's right some of the most famous words in american history i'm just a patsy i'm right. not resisting arrest i'm just a patsy and that's <laughs> I mean, that over and over again you see that sort of thing uh, another one that's interesting oklahoma city bombing same thing mm-hmm. state trooper terrence yankee uh, right down there yankee actually right down there in downtown oklahoma city my dad actually works right down there i'm from oklahoma and uh he was just happened to be in the area. He's the first one on the scene. He talks about the ATF being on the scene, confiscating weapons, which were not supposed to be there at the site, uh, confiscating different documents, whatnot. You know, he, started a, he wrote a report. It was refused. He wrote another report. It was refused. He started talking about to his wife that he's being followed, this, this, and that. And, of course, he ends up in the middle of an Oklahoma field. And I think he shot himself. He cut his wrists, then locked his... Now he cut his wrist, then locked the knife in the glove box of his own car. Uh, then he walked out in the middle of a field with his wrist slit and shot himself in the head. So that's a interesting way to, to go out.
2: Uh, what I love is the guys that behead themselves. Those are my favorite. That's got to take some skill.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's and, the other guy, too. Uh, I can't remember his name, but the guy out of uh, Gary Webb, who shot himself twice in the head. Yep. Yeah
2: and the kid that was in the cop car that shot himself in the head.
3: Oh, gosh, yeah, that was last, <laughs> last year. That was a terrible story. Oh, my yes. gosh. And the fact that the American public buys it. And and that one doesn't make as big of a story as uh, what was the one last year that everybody was talking about, is the uh, Trevion Martin. Yep. And the, and, the, and that actually can incite some sort of a strange, you know, racial divide or public unrest and, and it, like, divide and conquer, right? They can... That can incite that, but the fact that the state would shoot a black kid in the back seat of a car, that's not going to incite very much violence. So that gets no coverage, right? That's not going to incite, sure. you know, uh, dissent. We don't want that dissent to be incited, you know, because that's the you, state being wrong.
2: I watched this episode of uh, a show called Missing,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, it's one of those like Discovery Channel shows, you know, mm-hmm. true crime stuff.
3: I actually love those shows.
2: I'm a junkie for those. Yeah, me too. And there's uh there was there was a policeman in Florida, I think it was somewhere it was Tampa. Okay. He actually picks up this 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 black guy, African American guy, who's actually from my hometown, Chattanooga, actually picks him up. He's the last person seen with this guy with this kid before he goes missing I say kid but he's like a 26 27 year old guy is the last person seen with him okay a year before he picked up a Hispanic gentleman Mexican guy probably a legal alien picked him up and that guy disappeared too (laughs) and they're interviewing the police uh, the police chief or you know the internal affairs and he's saying something like well, we don't really have any reason to believe that anything, you know, strange happened. Two people disappear in the custody... The, 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 this policeman, the last person known to have seen him, and he been already been caught making racial, you know, do, making racial slurs on the... Uh, uh, it, it recorded. Not to say that that's going to mean that he's necessarily going to kill somebody, but I mean, come on. <laughs> it's unbelievable.
3: Well, you're yeah, you're starting to make arguments for anarchism. You better be careful. <laughs> yeah, Cause, really,
2: right? Cause you
3: you get a, you know, <laughs> if you were to say a guy's not supposed to be able to come to your place of residence and kidnap you and take you away and force you to pay a bunch of money, you know, you would say that, you know, that's not, you know, you know that shouldn't be allowed, but at the same time, then an IRS officer, or a policeman—you know—that's totally allowed because they have these costumes that they wear, and of course, we got to obey that. So, right. But anyway, but anyway, thimber,
2: thimber line Tim. That's thimber right. Line. That's
3: right. Well, that that put, that story is a good example, though. Of there's we, for some reason, uh, we hold uh, government officials to a different standard, you know. And, and yeah. there's so many excuses now. Oh, it's, you know, it's, you know, uh, there's a one recently a guy, a seventy-four-year-old man, shot in his garage. Uh, people showed up, cops showed up, uh, had been uh, called to a, a robbery in progress, and showed up to the wrong house. Found a 74-year-old man in the garage and shot him. It ended up being his own house. Now, they told both stories, that he feared for his life, that they feared for their life, and it was a mistake. But I don't understand. It has to be one or the other. They, it was a mistake or they feared for their lives, but anyway... <laughs> they're not held to the same standards. Uh, they'll probably be suspended with pay and then uh, come back to work. That is the states being wrong, and we can't ever question that stuff.
2: Well, you know, they're keeping, you know, the the Mary Jane off the street, and they're <laughs> doing a good job of it, and just ridiculous. Sure. War, war on drugs is just uh, it's has a... It's a war on your rights. Yeah, it's just been an excuse to, to institute fascism, in my opinion. And well, to keep... Get people addicted, and then you just you you can just you bring the drugs in, and then you support the drug cartels in Mexico or in Colombia, and then you get everybody addicted on it, and then you crack down on it. The, the it, one hand doesn't know what the right, the other hand is doing.
3: And you don't even have to look to the conspiracies that are involved in that to see what's really going on. You just have to look at family histories and look to you know the history of Yale, the history of Harvard, these yeah. schools were funded by, uh, opium traders, you know, right. the drug war has been going on for thousands of years, you know, and it's, it's just continuing. It's just now that it's supposedly illegal here. And, and, uh, you know, you got big banks like HSBC admitting to laundering $600 million in drug money. You know, it's, uh, that's how they keep their power. The drug money is the power, you know, in the banking elite. you know, where the, you know, uh, You know George Herbert Walker Bush and his dad. You know uh, George Walker or was it Walker Bush? um, You know they
2: yeah Prescott.
3: Yeah Prescott. Thank you very much. They're you know their whole family lineage going back. You know they're drug runners. That's what they do. George Poppy Bush. See, you know that's uh, another inside (laughs) joke. Inside joke joke for the you know for those of us that don't you know are on the inside. Um, Yeah, it's. And that, and that really is, you know, that for thousands of years, that's how those families have maintained power. And now they've just been able to make it illegal here to drive up the price and to fight your, you know, fight against your rights, to it, infringe it, on it, your rights.
2: And you now I, I tell people this whenever they ask me something about this um, this kind of subject. I say, well, you know, hey, what did the guys do? The people would yell, you know, the, the, the kind of the elite of this country. You know, they made their money uh, through sometimes criminal means, like what you're talking about. They built schools, they built churches. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I can't think of the guy's name because I'm drawing a blank. But the uh, big uh, Colombian drug lord in the '70s and '80s.
3: Yeah, with Pablo Escobar. Uh, Pablo
2: Escobar. Thank you. He. What did he do for his for his city when he was making his money? He built churches. He built schools. Yeah. It's the same thing.
3: It's, it's, it's the exact same thing. And it's not like classified history. If you go and look, these yep. families that were doing that, you know, they were running the uh, the uh, Victoria Clipper and the, uh, what's the other one? Not the Victoria Clipper, but the Clipper and the uh, the British trading. Uh, what's the name of that ship? It was basically a monopoly on drugs. The British India Company? Yes, The yep. yes, exactly.
2: Yes. You know, they go into the opium wars and they... they i mean they got china addicted to their drugs and then right. opened, and that's how they almost took china over yeah, yeah. uh yeah. We, i just um tim uh, yeah. just for the time you got left uh you know we're almost out of time here sure kind of late but i wanted to ask you uh you know where can people get your show where can people listen to you guys um
3: Sure. Yeah. Uh, check out revelationsradionews.com. dot com. We got a website up there, and uh, we try and put out a podcast episode every week. Yeah. Um, about, a, about a weekly show. Uh, we're you know not necessarily out on a certain date. It's kind of whenever we can get it together. And I, I guess it's somewhat similar to this interview in that we just cover all kinds of bases <laughs> and uh, some of them in depth and, and some of them not. But uh, just trying to get a level headed look at the news. Um, I think that if you're a Christian, uh, maybe check it out. It might, uh, you know, might uh, encourage you to kind of look at things a little bit differently. If you're a non-Christian, I would also encourage you to check it out because, uh, you know, we are generally just talking about the news and we may touch on spiritual implications of things, but I don't think too often uh, we're saying stuff that uh, people aren't going to hear elsewhere. Or not, That's not necessarily true, but just it's not... Um, yeah, it's not a, It wouldn't be offensive for the non-Christian if that makes any sense. Gotcha,
2: and I can highly recommend the show. It's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I listen to it. Uh, I try to listen to it on a weekly basis whenever they put out a new show. I think I've actually listened to it since show number one, uh, maybe that uh, possibly. You're the it was, one. It was, huh? it was pretty. It was pretty early on, but just because the, you know, I, I I knew you know of you guys and. Um, uh, you know, yeah, we had, we had all met at one point, that. so that yep. was cool. Yep. Well, Tim, I want to thank you for coming on. You know, you've been a great guest, and uh, stay on the line because I'm just going to close this section out. I'll uh, Talk to you a little bit off air, but well, thanks. Uh,
3: thanks again for having me on, and uh, keep up the good work.
2: Well, thank you so much, Tim. It means a lot coming from you. And uh, uh, just uh, we're gonna, I'll just, I'm gonna come back with a little closeout, but uh, we'll, I'll be right back on Conspiracy Normal. Okay, I'm back on Conspiranormal and uh, just real brief I'm not going to take too long with this just uh, really want to thank Tim for coming on the show um, I know everybody probably missed Luke and his um, extreme witticisms and his uh, any additions he could have made but I uh, thought that that was a good show anyway with Tim um, kind of felt like, you know, having another co-host Uh About two weeks I should have on the uh, Tennessee Wraith Chasers Again Uh, They're going to come back on And uh, we're probably going to have on Probably have like a dual show Where we have them on And uh, another uh, little group Which I think will be a fairly interesting Little interview And then just more kind of fun stuff From Mm -hmm. me and Luke So I want to thank everybody for listening tonight Uh, It was a good show And uh, we'll see you next week on Conspira normal.
4: Ball, where were you when i was buying you a drink where were you when i was trying to hunt your bed where were you when i watched you from a distance did you see me you were standing in a queue did you see me you had yellow hair did you see me I wanna find out about your life, but do you like me? could you ever be my wife? Do you love me?